what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, is it time for robots to join your small business? Have robots taken over the Entrepreneur Exchange? We'll share an article about how our new robot overlords are starting to be integrated into small business. We've got a homegrown startup with us today, Megan and Anthony Bourne with Bourne Southerner. They're here with us. They're going to share ideas on how to market their business and tell us how they got uh, started and how, how they're doing. Finally, we'll wind up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. Greetings. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. And I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Dean of the School of the Business of Business Industry and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory. Gary, how are you doing? How are you enjoying your summer? Jeff, I'm doing great. It's been a busy summer. It's gone fast. It's hard to believe that we're getting ready for the fall semester already. Well, we're, we're, we're sitting here in beautiful western North Carolina. It's uh, late July. It's a little sweaty out there. Yep. You know, you, uh, you, you getting everything done that you need to get done? Uh, my wife says no, not quite. Well, you need to get working. I'm working. You know, I got a list today. That's what I'm going to be working on later today. Well, you know, you're, the, the kids will be back in school I in know. August. You're going to be uh, working and working. Not yeah. that you've started. You haven't stopped working. No, it's, it's, uh, I got to get all the personal things done. It's tough being a dean. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well. But I appreciate uh, the thought. Uh, well, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for interesting articles. Yes. And uh, the one that I wanted to talk about, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Roomba vacuum cleaner, the little vacuum cleaner that sort of uh, moves around the floor all by itself, cleaning up your dog hair and whatever other messes you've left. I am familiar with it. I'm okay. wondering whether it would work in my house. Well, because we do have a dog. Well, I didn't know, and perhaps that you didn't either. But uh, the the Roomba is an example of what's called a collaborative robot or a cobot. Cobot term I was not familiar with, and they're sh- starting to show up in small businesses, working with humans, not replacing them. And uh, the article I saw was in the July August issue of Inc. Magazine article by David Whitford, and he provided examples of how robots are starting to be within reach of small businesses and what their applications can be. Uh, And he was talking about how cobots are very good for precise, repetitive tasks. And an article that, uh, an example in the article was a company which made hospital pagers, and they had a high product failure rate due to the inconsistency of human assembly. So they started using a cobot to apply a spot of sealant in the product's housing, and they were able to reduce their failure rate to under 1%, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was an amazing improvement. And uh, they're saying that you can purchase your own cobot for somewhere between thirty dollars to $50,000, which isn't cheap, but it's not beyond the reach of some small businesses. Yeah, particularly if you reduce the uh, error rate uh, so dramatically, you probably have a pretty quick uh, payback, I would think. I think if you can if you can go from a double digit failure rate to one, there's some some pretty good uh, savings to be yeah, had there. That's what I was thinking. So, the article has some tips that if you are interested in using a cobot, ways that you can do it. That that 
I thought were very interesting, a little bit, a little bit amusing, but I thought it would be fun to share. Mm-hmm. Number one, if you're going to use a cobot, you want to first off pick your spots, make sure that uh, you're using it for precise tasks, something like alignment or drilling in the same spot over and over and over. So you, know, you, you don't want to over yeah. overextend there. Right. You want to make sure it's doing something just within the straightforward things that are going to be repeated over and over, just like you said. There, there's you know, there's some uneasiness with employees. You know, they're afraid that they're going to be replaced by well, you hear slash cobots. These things on TV and articles about how uh, automation is going to replace all these jobs. So I think any time you bring something in that uh, resembles what they're maybe thinking about, it's going to be some concern. So important hint, hint, you have to make sure that you properly introduce your cobot to, to your workforce and try to get them comfortable and say, this is going to help you. It's right. not here to replace you. Well, I think that's key is because they don't necessarily want, the, they being the employees, the repetitive just banging or sealing, just like that example where talked about it first thing uh, because they don't really want to do it and that will free them up to do some more exciting things that's that's the plan and and, and the article is interesting in that said often the cobot cannot do it as quickly as people but they can do it more accurately than people right. so it's is you know you, you have to introduce them properly there, there was a little bit of information about assessing risk in that um, at this point in time there's no um, data on robots killing people at, in the workplace. But, um, you know, there was uh, part of the article talked about a manufacturer in Minnesota who he had his dad, so he programmed his robot, robot to take a swing at him. And he said, it hit me in a fleshy part of the body and stopped. He says, no harm done. Uh, you know, just because of cobot won't knock you over doesn't mean that you can put any type of tool in its grip and he goes on to say you probably wouldn't want to put a chainsaw or you know some other dangerous type tool in the cobot just in case so you know just important lesson we could say that about some employees too yeah that's that's just probably an important lesson i hope our listeners take away you know if they've stayed with us through this you know that that (laughs) uh, you know you don't want to put a, a chainsaw uh, in your in your cobot or robot's uh, possession. Last point they made was a lot of their customers found it very cool, and they found it not, their cobot to actually be a, a tool for marketing. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Think about the robots we use. Uh, Jim Thomas does with tours for the middle school and high school and our college students. They love that. That's right. At, at, our, at our community college, over, so we, we talk have about it. we have rope. We have some modest robots yeah. have not like tried to take over yet well i think they're kind of like this they're not super sophisticated but they do get people's interest no. so far so good for us yes that's well of course we've just taught them to dance that's right <laughs> well that's good because you and i really can't yeah, dance yeah, people you know? don't want us so, dancing so, so dancing thing. robots good yeah. you know chainsaw robots not, not good. good all right well i'm think edu- we got that down we're ready to go you know it's good when we can provide some education within the podcast <laughs> very cool all right more importantly, we have some guests with us today. Yes, I'm excited we, about this. That we'd like to introduce. We've got uh, Megan and Anthony Bourne, uh, who started a company called Bourne Southern. So, Anthony, Megan, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Thanks for having Glad us. Glad you're here yes. today. Yes, good to be here. So, Bourne Southern is uh, a family-owned and operated apparel brand based in Newton, North Carolina, which is, is right next door to us. 
and you specialize in designing and making faith-based inspirational apparel for women. They're original designs. You guys are doing all the development and the printing in-house, mm-hmm. and uh, they're designed to encourage, inspire, and, and uplift women that are wearing your product. And uh, uh, just for our listeners, when we say Born Southern, uh, Anthony and Megan's last name is, is Born, spelled B-O-U-R-N-E, I guess like Jason Born. Yes. That's yes. right. <laughs> we need to make a shirt for that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about how Born Southern uh, got got started. Okay, so it got started as a hobby back in 2013. Um, I was making wood signs actually at the time. I did it as a hobby, so it was something that I kind of did in my spare time. We had just had our first son, and um, I was a stay-at-home mom, and so I wanted something to do that would keep me busy while he was down for his naps. That's changed a lot since then. <laughs> and, and were you using chainsaws at the time? <laughs> no, signs? no, I was no, not. No that. <laughs> not then. Okay. Um, you might have given them a good idea for so I was just making wood signs, and I started to sell online on Etsy, which I'm sure a lot of people know about. Um, so I was selling on Etsy, and I noticed that my orders really started to pick up. So after time, I had to have Anthony actually help me. So he would help cut the wood or sand the wood or just do the little things that were really taking me a long time. And before I knew it, we were selling so much that it was either a point of, we continue to pursue this route as a business or I was going to have to stop doing it as a hobby, which it sounds kind of crazy, but you know, it had been a few years and um, we had really started to build uh, our brand back then as uh, a wood sign business. There weren't a ton of small shops doing wood signs. And so we had a pretty good audience back then. And uh, we made the decision that we would just start to start praying about it. We are a faith-based business. So um, our faith is very important to us. And so, um, at the time, Anthony was working as, it's very funny to talk about it now, he was a product development manager for Delta Apparel, which, if you know, is one of the largest uh, t-shirt manufacturers. And so um, he was a product development manager there. We began praying about the opportunity uh, of taking on Born Southern full-time. And at the time, we did start, um, we were doing t-shirts. So we had introduced a few new products other than wood signs, but we were doing t-shirts. We thought that that was a good way for us to get our message out there, our mission to encourage women. And um, at the time when we prayed about it, uh, we really felt led for him to leave his job instead of the business side of it to kind of fizzle down. And so we said, okay, we're just going to take a leap of faith. And he went in the next day and quit his job. And lo and behold, a month later, the plant shut down. And so it's amazing to see. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, and we just haven't looked back since. Obviously, some things have changed. We no longer do the wood signs, and um, we've really pursued the apparel aspect of it. And it's just, it's been amazing at how the Lord has really grown that and um, used it in our lives and allowed us to use it in other people's lives and that's the thing that we love about what we do is that we have a mission um, to encourage people and to connect with people on a deeper level than just hey we sell cute t-shirts and so that's kind of where that brings us to today <laughs> how, how, how did you guys come up with the name born southern which i really like yeah <laughs> did it just pop in your head or went, it went, you know that was her idea so was... yeah i can't even remember a lot of times when I try to think of things like that, I just start writing down a bunch of things like, um, 
you know, stuff that would pertain to what I was doing and back then. It was wood, signs, and that sort of thing. And I knew that I kind of wanted something to use the last name. So I just started kind of writing down things about, you know, Southern. We live in the South. That sounds kind of catchy. And it just kind of came together, and it stuck, and, and it works. And the thing about it is is that it's not really like Born Southern T-shirts or Born Southern wood signs. So we've been able to carry it as our product line has kind of evolved. And if you listen to us talk, I mean, the southern part is pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and building a brand name uh, is really a long process, and you guys have been at it since 2013. Uh, are, are there certain things that you've done to help your brand name stick out there? You know, or, or is it just basically a, a thing of, here's our name, we're going to stick with it, and it, over time it just becomes accepted. No, I think that, uh, you know, when you we spent a lot of time developing the brand, and, and we thought about this probably, it's been about a year ago because we were having to make some decisions on, you know, what exactly we wanted to be. And so we picked a mission that kind of transcended the, the signs that we were doing at that time. So we knew that our, our designs were really what were ours. You know, anybody can make wood or a sign or something like that, but our designs were what we would own. So um, when, we, when we started talking about how we were going to go forward, the first thing that we did is, is basically say pick a, a, a target person or a customer that, that's going to, um, engage with us and you know, enjoy that. And for for us, that was easy because Megan is actually our target customer. So when, that helps. A lot. Yeah, it helps. So I mean, we don't we don't have to go far to get uh, what what the person would want or or anything. So we when we were doing developing our brand over time, everything that we do kind of uh, goes along with you know what she would be interested in what is something that really speaks to her and engages to her and then we just take those things and we we put them out there and that's where you get some of our designs what the words on them or uh, maybe on our pictures on instagram or articles that we put out they're all kind of going in that sphere of of right you know her her our target target audience so well, and, and you know, you when 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 we first met, it, it sounded like a lot of the marketing and advertising that you guys were doing was on social media, and you guys seem to have a great deal of success mm-hmm. on Instagram. <clears throat> and you know, what tell us a little bit about how you guys have marketed your brand and, and brand and and you know, has Instagram been the vehicle that's been the best for you? And any any tips that you can share with our listeners on on how to get the most out of it? Yeah, Instagram, I would say, has been one of our most powerful marketing tools. As a small business, we don't have tons of money like larger companies to put ourselves out there and to pay for ads and to do all that sort of thing. And just the time that we live in now, Instagram and other social media is just a great platform for small businesses to get their name out there. So for us, we have right now... We're just right at 12,000 followers on Instagram, and we're around 1,300 on Facebook. Now, that's a huge difference, and the reason for that is um, a long time ago when I started doing social media marketing, I, I heard someone say, if you are a small business and you can't focus on all of these different platforms, focus on one and do it really well, and you can target your audience, your target audience that way. You can do it easily if you just focus on that one. If you're trying to spread yourself all over the place, then you might be spreading yourself too thin and not having any success from it. So 
with me, that was Instagram. And the reason that I chose Instagram is because it's basically like a big lookbook of your products. We don't really sell services. So for us, it's a, it's a visual thing. People see our t-shirts, they see our products. And if they see it on somebody that they can relate to, it makes them think, wow, I might really like that myself or, or it helps them um, just be relatable to us. So for for me, the Instagram route was the way to go. Um, I'm just now starting to work my way up on Facebook a little bit. There's totally different um, tactics or techniques, whatever you want to call it, for getting your audience to follow you on the different on the different social media platforms. So for Instagram, um, just some tips that I'd want to say are to be engaging with your audience. That's that's a very important thing. The way that the Instagram algorithm works is you would like to think, I can post a picture up here, people are going to like it. But if you're not getting any engagement on your posts, if you're not interacting with your customers or your followers, Instagram's going to bump that post all the way to the bottom of the feed and other people, potential customers, aren't going to see it. So one of the ways that you can do that is by posting really great photos. So you want to post excellent quality photos of your products or of your services or whatever it is and um, do a call to action in your caption. So you really want to make sure that you're not just posting. If I were to post a picture of one of our T-shirts, I don't really want to say, hey, here's our blue (laughs) T-shirt. You would want to say, hey, this is our blue T-shirt. Which design of ours would you like to see best on this new color material? And customers might start commenting down below. And it's really important to respond to that. So if somebody gives you feedback or somebody says something about that, you want to say, hey, thanks for the input. And it makes the customer feel like that you care about them. They're part of that, it. Yeah, that they're part of it. And, and people want to be a part of something bigger, especially if it's someone that they're willing to buy from. I know that small businesses um, get a lot of support. And so for us, it's really important for our customers to know that we do care about them. We do care about the products mm-hmm. that they like because they are buying from us and we want to sell a quality product. So um, just engagement, quality pictures. Um, Another really great way, and customers love this one, is giveaways. So you do giveaways of your products with your customers. Um, We do collaborations with other businesses through Instagram. We may have never even met the business owners, but we would reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we have a similar audience. Do you want to get together and do a giveaway? And so we would partner together and each one of us might post a picture on our feed and it lets the other person's customers know, hey, this company exists. You might really like their stuff and vice versa for us. We would post it and then they could see, hey, the other stuff that the other one likes. So it's a really, it's a really neat way to um, network with other brands also. Mm-hmm. And um, How do you do that effectively, identify? I mean, that's yes. exactly what makes sense. Are, are you searching for them or I are they do. searching for you? I do. And there are other companies that will do the same with me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's tons of people on Instagram. So I would um, search another thing would be hashtags. So, like, say I post a picture Uh, and you want somebody to find that we do graphic tees or inspirational posts or quotes or things like that, Um, I would maybe search those hashtags for other companies or brands and realize that we would have a similar customer base. Or you could just search graphic tees, you know, or apparel brands and things like that and find people that have the same interests. You just reach out to them. It's very easy. You can just send them a direct message through Instagram and just say, hey, I noticed that we have similar products or I think that'd be a great fit. Would you like to do a giveaway together? Would you like to do a collaboration? And it really helps get your name out there. It's a great way to do that. And it's probably one of the top techniques that we use 
um, in order to engage on Instagram. And one of the ways that has helped us really build our following on there. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're not actually selling on Instagram, but are you, do you drive people to your website and your e-commerce site from, from Instagram? Yes, that's exactly right. So in the call to action, um, one of the things that we might say, I would post a picture of one of our shirts or um, a mom, you know, carrying her child in one of our, like our blessed mama shirt. And I might say, um, if you are a blessed mom, you can go buy your own shirt at bornsouthern.com. And so that would send people over. They would see that mother carrying her child and say, hey, that, you know, I could wear that shirt. I've got kids. You know, I'm really blessed. And so um, it would send them to your website and you would have a conversion there. There is a... There's a link in your bio on Instagram where you can put, you get a chance to do one link. So you want to put your um, website profile. You know, there's other apps and things that you can do to kind of work around that to get more links. But if you're only going to do one, you want to put your website there because that's how people are going to find your products. And so it's very important, like I mentioned, to do the call to action and um, you can send them to your website. They can look around. Maybe they see something else on there that they like. It's a great way to do that. Now, I'll just add one thing, too, that um, about the pictures. She was talking about how important the pictures are. One thing that's, that's helped us tremendously because it's expensive if you would hire a photographer to go take a bunch of great professional pictures, but there's a lot of people on Instagram that they love to do that. And so what she'll do, and, and she's had a lot of success at this, is reach out to people that take great pictures or that are like-minded accounts and you know, we'll send them a T-shirt or, or send them a, a bag or something like that and just kind of do an exchange and ask for a picture in return. And so it provides us with, you know, good content to post and use, and, and then they get a product and it, it works out. And that's one way to kind of get more content, you know, as far as high-quality images. Without that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I was wondering because obviously they got to be really good pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want them to be very professional. So. Yeah. And that can get expensive. Yeah, it does. Well, so. it's, well it's also nice that you're getting pictures of people in your products, exactly. using your products, and, and, and showing them off. Yes. Exactly. So that's great. And that's another important thing about the pictures is that you want to post relevant content. Mm-hmm. Um, we own an apparel brand, so I'm not really going to be posting recipes on my feed. We, um, we also offer our products wholesale, so I use it. Um, when I'm talking to potential retailers to say, hey, if you want to see what our brand represents, if you want to see more about who we are and what we offer, not just, you know, the pictures that I send them on our line sheet, go over to Instagram and you can see. So they come there and they can see immediately everything that we offer. Whereas if we were doing Facebook, you know, you might be able to post a little bit, you know, other things that our audience, for example, women, you know, I might post other things about home decor or things like that that's really going to draw them in because Facebook, you know, like I said, there's different techniques to get people in there. But on Instagram, you really want to focus on relevant content and images that when a potential customer comes there, they see that and they know, okay, this is what this company offers. This is what I can get. Well, good deal. You mentioned you know, 12,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Is it regional? Or is it across the country? Uh, it's across the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's worldwide. Wow. And, you know, that's, that is something that I would say rec- maybe over the last year or so, I've really tried to work and build our brand since we, you know, took this business on full time. That was something that I knew I was going to have to do in order to make it 
successful for us because you can reach people on the internet that you can, you can't reach locally. Um, there's there's a whole another audience, you know, and there's pros and cons to doing the local thing and doing the thing on the internet, but. Um, for us, it's a way for me to interact with people who we may never see in person and to get the, the business from them. And we do get uh, the, the Instagram traffic that we get to our website. They're, they're highly engaged and motivated. So 12,000, it blows me away because you would, you would think that's a small number, you know, to be – but. Uh, you know, well, you know I, some of the I, I, go, I've got 15 people following me on Instagram. <laughs> 12,000 sounds pretty good. I don't know. But uh, they're they're motivated and they're they're highly engaged in what we're about. And so um, when we do a sale or we send out a coupon or, or you know the traffic that actually of people that actually wants to buy is really high and it, it's recurring. And so it's it's really good and and when you send out the the t-shirts like we were talking about and getting the images one thing about having other people post your pictures is it's a way to extend beyond right. your number so somebody's got a thousand two thousand right. five thousand that we don't have you know it's a way to get um, because it would take us a, quite a bit longer to grow another four thousand right. or sixteen sure. or eighteen so we, we, you know, you we're talking about the fact that you guys, up until this point, have primarily done your business online via e-commerce, and I think you guys use Shopify for yes, as sort do. of your platform for for selling online. And have you seen any pros and cons to being online? Obviously, you're, you you certainly have the opportunity to get to a bigger audience. Uh, but any any things that you can share regarding your experience of of selling online and pros and cons there? Yeah, I think. Uh, Obviously, as you said, one of the pros is that, you know, we have just there's just a, a huge amount of people that you can potentially reach. It sounds great, you know, but the con to that is that, you know, you have to build a site um, or you have to build a relevant page that people will trust. Because uh, when somebody comes to that website, if they don't trust it then there's no way they're going to put their money there, you know, or there's no way they're going to be invested in that. And so that's really, that's one of the hardest things I would say, you know, starting your own site and what you expect out of it is that um, getting people to convert, you know, into sales, it's it's a difficult process, you know. And we do use Shopify, and the, the thing I like about Shopify is that they have a lot of different tools that allow you to kind of continually um, uh, reach out to people. And they have, uh, if say, if we need to run a certain kind of sale, we don't need to necessarily have a, a web designer, you know, run an HTML program. Somebody's already designed that, and you could pay $5 a month as opposed to going with somebody and, and having to pay a lot more money to get a certain app. So it's, it's got a ton of apps. A lot of them are free. And uh, for just a low overhead, you know, of, of running our, our website. Did you build your website? Or did you- we, well, it's a mixture. So we have uh, Megan had somebody buy, you bought the theme, and then um, she added, she adds in all the pictures and does that. And she could probably talk to you a little bit more about actually building that building out and, and some of the difficulties of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we bought the theme for it, and it comes very basic. So, but anybody who you know knows how to use a computer can use it. You don't have to know HTML. She how to know get me. <laughs> <laughs> anybody? Uh, you don't have to know HTML. You know to do it. It's pretty um, like a, a nice template. You can plug in your pictures, but 
for us, um, we kind of wanted to take it a step further. I don't know much about HTML, but I am able to do the photo editing and to kind of get the layouts and the banners and, you know, you can pay for separate apps. So one thing that's been really good and it goes along with the customers trusting you, um, is the reviews. So we have tons and tons of customers who have bought from us. And up until recently, we did not have a review app on our website. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, we see a lot of people on our Instagram, they'll come and they'll give us feedback. Oh, your shirts are so soft or we absolutely love the product. It's such high quality. And, you know, other that's great for us to hear it. But unless another customer is coming, reading through all of our Instagram comments, they're not going to see that. They can only go off of the pictures on the website, which great pictures help. Great descriptions help. But, you know... Customer reviews are just invaluable. And so we've got those on there now so other customers can come and they can see, hey, it's not just these people telling us these shirts are great, that other customers are saying, hey, these are great. And so you can add on all of those different apps and really tailor your website around that and reach out, you know, customize the colors, customize all of that stuff. I was going to, I was thinking about it because obviously you've got to, Great plan from the marketing standpoint. You have a good, strong, reliable manufacturer and supplier of the T-shirts. And yeah, so we had to think about when you were talking about the soft T-shirts. Yeah, 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 that was one of the things that um, uh, we had to really search out at first. Was to I knew a little bit about you know T-shirt and quality and design and and that. So we really had to search out for somebody that was going to provide a really high quality shirt because that that was important for us to hit you know the margins and and really where our brand wanted to be we didn't you know you could you see a bunch of t-shirts that say you know they put all kinds of sayings on there you know i'm stupid or you know that kind of thing and so uh you might twelve dollars or something so we had to uh, re- find somebody that could could supply that and so that was that was part of the whole the whole plan and and we did and and Probably the the biggest difficulty there is you know managing inventory. It's it's difficult with the pair. I mean, we talked about this Jeff before we started, but just with sizes and colors and each one you add is is exponentially adds you know inventory management. So we had to figure out a way where we could um, do that and and still have cash flow you know, in our business and not go broke. So, uh, so so we know when you put those lime green shirts on sale, that was probably not the right color. Exactly, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And um, I'll say about the, the website, getting customers in, you know, you're going to have, uh, in e-commerce, you're going to have a lot easier time making a, a sale with a customer that has seen your site multiple times. And so... One of the things that has helped us is that making that experience when they land on our page, one where they'll want to at least give us an email address so we can recontact them because um, the chance that they're going to come back after that goes skyrockets exponentially. If, If they just land on there and they look at the page and click off, you're never going to see them again. Probably more than likely the odds are so. For us paying, you know, you can pay for that kind of traffic, but if you pay for that um, and and through Google ads or um, those kind of uh, ways to get people, and even Facebook ads uh, are good because you can get real targeted people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do that, then once they land there, you've got to make sure that their experience is, is really good. You know, you've got great pictures, you've got the relevant information that that's going to make us stand out. And that's hard to do with a shirt. 
um, because you have to figure out a way to tell somebody what great quality it is. They can't touch it. And that's one of the cons, you know, to e-commerce. But once you can solve that problem with whatever product you have, you, I think you start to see some more success, you know. You have a lot of repeat customers, I assume. Yes. We do. We do. Yeah. Yes, we do. And and that's we're 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 excited about that because it means that once we can once somebody can trust us enough to buy one shirt, they're gonna see how, how great it is and then you know, hopefully continue to come back or, or buy with their friends and that drives a lot of our, our business every month. So so uh you know, for our listeners, you guys are relatively young, but yeah. you you also <laughs> you also have four young four. children, yes. Yes. all boys, yes. yes, all boys, five God. and under. All, so God you have bless four you. boys that are five and under. Yes, you know, and and the two of you are also running this business, and mm-hmm. and you know, we we certainly the, the the gist of our podcast is about business and 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 giving people ideas on how they can be successful, but. Yeah, there also has to be some issues in terms of balancing your life out there, and and that sounds like quite the chore. And he, and he, uh, well, and they're building a little group of cobots. Oh, yeah. right. cobots, yes. yeah, give them all chainsaws. That's, That's right. a good idea. Oh, nice. <laughs> Find a small room and yeah. run away and hide to and, you for like an hour out of the day. <laughs> any any hints for uh, life balance when it comes to uh, being an entrepreneur and, yeah. and having uh, kids? So one of the things that we love about owning our own business, uh, because family is so important to us, is that we can call our own hours. So it's great because uh, if we need to work on a Saturday, we can take Monday off. <laughs> we love to go fishing. We love to be outdoors with our kids, and our kids love it too. So it's great for us to be able to work when we need to work. Our kids don't go to daycare either. They stay at home with us. Um, we have a great Nana and Granny who love to watch the kids and Papa. <laughs> and uh, the kids love to go to their house. So, you know, maybe once or twice a week, a little bit, they will they get to go visit with grandparents. And that's great and gives us, you know, some of the time that we need to take care of things that we can't really do while they're at the house. But we do work from home. So um, it's really good to be able to call your own hours. We can work when we need to. We can spend time with the kids. And um, it's not easy. It's crazy all of the time. Um, I think even if we had one or two kids, it would be crazy. But with four, it's really crazy. Our youngest is six months old. So, um, but we love it. We wouldn't have it any other way. We look at each other all the time and are like, you know, would you go back to the way that it was before? And the answer is just immediately no. I mean, we absolutely love it. And you got to have fun. I mean, you know, we were getting dressed this morning. I was holding Reese, our, our little baby, and he was chewing on some little banana snack. So I go out to leave. You know, we're walking out of the door, and Megan's like, uh, you've got some kind of food on your shirt. And, of course, you know that. So you pull it off, you throw it away. And then I'm stepping out the door, and she's like, something's tied to your ankle. And one of my boys, I don't know who it was, has had come and tied like a rope around my leg. And so, you know, stuff like that happens all the time, and you just laugh. And, and it's part of it. It's part of what makes it uh, fun, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoyable. Well, you know, we're, we're disappointed that you weren't able to bring the kids. <laughs> yes, that would have made it even more exciting. Oh, yeah. Maybe next time. Well, yeah. I think they like their equipment here and all that stuff. Uh, probably. <laughs> well, I'm sure I, your boys would like the equipment. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, last question. Any just, uh, you know, looking back on, on your startup and, and the experiences that you guys have had, are there any, any uh, words of wisdom that you can share with other folks that are starting up their business? Yeah, I think, you know, really um, uh, be true to it. 
whatever it is that that you're going to do or thinking about starting up um if it's valuable to you and it's really inside of you and what you want to do i think it, it carries you through a lot of the ups and downs you know whereas if you weren't um if we if we didn't embody some of the values and things that we want to do it would be tough once it got hard to just continue well, it's on. clearly you got the passion yeah exactly the yeah. passion that's the right word and then and then uh once you determine you know who your customer is that was the biggest thing for us probably is just to determine who your customer is and go out to those spaces where they are and and reach out to them and and, and that would be the the best tip that i could give i would just say have a goal and continue to strive for it. Don't let the downs completely turn you off of it because it's going to happen. There are going to be moments when things aren't going to go your way. There's going to be moments where you think, is this even going to work? And you just have to continue to pursue it. And if something is not working, adjust it. You can always change it. You can always figure out what it is that your target customer wants and, you know, just kind of, move that direction yeah don't be afraid to change because that uh that that can be one of the it's one of the scariest things that you can do but it can also be one of the most beneficial by by pivoting or changing if you need to especially early facts come up situations that you need to be able to say hey we need to move from here yeah well i i just hope that our, our folks are still listening because i hate to say it but that was actually better advice than the don't give the robots the chainsaw advice that we got earlier <laughs> well it just depends on what part of our audience yeah that's true that's true well uh, megan anthony we very much appreciate you guys joining us today if people want to find you where should they be looking online in addition to instagram yeah so you can find us our website is bornsouthern.com that's b-o-u-r-n-e southern.com and on instagram and facebook we're born southern there as well okay well we we want everybody to check that out and uh very much appreciate you guys sharing the information thanks about yeah, your, thanks for having your story Thank and you. giving us some some great. ideas on how to make sure that uh, people find you on instagram that was great we'll get back to your show in a moment just a reminder you're listening to the mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts sports to entertainment music to community All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. So at this point, we like to talk about small businesses that we've come across, uh, you know, you know, Anthony, Megan, you guys got anything you want to kick in there? I have one. It's a, a guy I used to work right beside him. His name's Brandon Eichert, and he owns Crazy Customs. And uh, it's a small store in Maiden, uh, right off of three twenty Business Three Twenty One. And he makes uh, he'll make one off custom design T shirts for you. So if you have a design that you like or want to do. Just go to him, and uh, he'll work it up for you, get it on a T-shirt, and he does them one-off, and they're, they're a great price. And so it's a really cool concept. He likes doing it. So, so when people come to you and say, I just want one T-shirt, <laughs> yeah. you send me a yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's perfect. So, so that's Crazy Customs. And if people crazy. look that up uh, on the Internet, they'll probably find Brandon? That's right, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Cool. That's neat. Gary, what's your uh, small business of the month? Well, Jeff, my business of the month is located in my wife's favorite place, Charleston. And the, 
businesses, Callie's Charleston Biscuits, where we just had breakfast last month. Uh, Carrie Morey had an early introduction to the food world, courtesy of her mother, uh, the caterer extraordinaire, Callie White. You all ever been to uh, Callie's Char- Biscuits? Not, not yet, but not sounds yet. like I need to. <laughs> you tell us, tell us more. Because <laughs> out there, yeah, that was just uh, getting that teaser in there. And of course, you know, most of my businesses are around food, kids, or toys. Okay, so we're we're in the you're in the kill zone. There. We're in my zone exactly. Uh, Callie's unique style. The mom was Southern fair, and she was booked for years as a caterer from Low Country uh, food gatherings to chic cocktail parties. So in 2005, Carrie, the daughter. Talked her mother out of postponing her retirement so she could start this new business, and all of her fans were uh, excited. Uh, they have a successful mail-order business of biscuits and two shops, one in Charleston and one in Atlanta, and they're called Kaylee's Hot Little Biscuit, which is her small grab-and-go eateries. This one is in uh, the market in Charleston, if you've ever been there. Uh, and it's actually in the air-conditioned part of the market, which was even better. But they have all types of biscuits, and we had cinnamon biscuits as well as bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits, and they're fantastic. So, uh, it's a, and every uh, they've been known and recognized by the Today Show, Oprah, the Food Network, Martha Stewart, and many other magazines. All right. So please go. You know, you, you come up with all these uh, small businesses that have the, these, this, these decadent foods, and yet you maintain your slim figure. How do you do this, Gary? Stress. Stress? Okay. Well, well good for you. My small business of the month. Well, I'm, a, I'm always a sucker for the underdog, and I uh, was, uh, saw this uh, uh, small business in the paper last month. It's a, a small used bookstore called River by Books. It's actually a two-store chain with a flagship store in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and a satellite on Capitol Hill in Washington. Uh, They do some online sales as well. Owner Paul Simro is carrying on the business from his father, sells strictly used books, but he's figured out how to make it work. Uh, some things that he focuses on and recommends people focus on. He he owns his own real estate, so he's not uh, subject to the crazy whims of a landlord uh, jerking him around on his rent. He also focuses very much on his target audience, uh, and they've made their Capitol Hill store sort of like a neighborhood living room. They provide tea. They provide uh, dog treats and Needless to say, it's a dog-friendly establishment. Most importantly, he uh, understands where to buy his product. He always buys so he can uh, sell a product uh, marked up by three times or by 25% of his selling price. He hits the flea markets. He hits yard sales. He's just got a passion for books. Passion was another thing that came out in his article, like uh, Megan and Anthony. Some, some highlights that he, he, he talks about because every now and then he finds some diamonds in the rough. He bought a medical book owned by the personal physician of the Confederate General Stonewall Jackson at $5, sold it for 1000 His biggest payday was a book called The Simple Cobbler of Agawam in America, which was thought to be the first work of fiction in the United States. He purchased it at a yard sale for $2, and he sold it to a collector for $25,000. Uh, so... You know, he, he sort of understands his market, understands what people are looking for. And I haven't had a chance to visit River by Books yet, but I'll make a point of it when I travel to, to D.C. or Fredericksburg because 
That's my small business of the month. I like it. So, And you can find them at www.riverbybooks. It's R-I-V-E-R-B-Y books.com. So check them out. I will do it. If you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. Again, we want to thank uh, Megan and Anthony for joining us today, and we hope that you'll check them out at uh, Born Southern at www.bornsouthern.com. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network for hosting us. You can visit uh, uh TheMesh.tv to see the whole network of Mesh podcasts, and you can uh, subscribe at iTunes Store, and we hope that you'll do that and check more of the podcasts out. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll talk to you again next month. Looking forward to it. We're getting close to football season. Okay. We'll see you then. Take care. Thank you. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.